Welcome to the Easy Parenting Podcast. This episode of the Easy Parenting Podcast is supported by Relazima Spray and Go, Zinc and Panthenol, formulated for the delicate and sensitive skin of your baby's nappy area. Part of the Relife Relazima range. My skin says how I feel. Visit relife.ie for more. Ireland's number one parenting publication, Easy Parenting Magazine, has been offering Irish parents expert advice and assistance for over eight years. And now you can get more fantastic parenting advice and tips from our latest offering, the Easy Parenting Podcast, which will offer expectant mums and parents advice in every aspect of their parenting journey, from conception to pregnancy to toddlers, babies to teenagers, right through to empty nest syndrome. The Easy Parenting Podcast for expert parenting advice that you can trust. Did you know a newborn skin is around 30% thinner than ours? When a baby comes into contact with the outside world, their skin can take time to adjust and can be prone to dryness, sensitivity and rashes. Your little one might develop some very common skin conditions, including nappy rash, milk spots, dry, sensitive skin and cradle cap. Paediatric nurse Linda Quigley and fabulous pharmacist Laura Dowling share their top tips on how to care for baby skin and soothe any common skin ailments that might crop up. I am very lucky today to have Linda Quigley here with me, a paediatric nurse, 20 years of experience under her belt, so no better woman to give advice (laughs) about babies, all things baby related. I wanted to talk to you today about baby skincare. Yep. In those first few weeks with a newborn, um, what should a new mum, a new parent, sorry, bear in mind for keeping skin healthy? Baby yeah, skin? so don't over bath, don't over um, expose them to um, water because their body has enough moisture in it. Um, so bath water and a bath sponge is sufficient for the first few weeks. You don't need to use any products. And if you are going to use a product, just try and use a non-fragranced product so it doesn't irritate the skin in any way. Um, but water is fine for both their hair and their body. And But if you insist on washing their hair because you just feel you want to give it a good old wash, just use a non-fragranced product. Um, don't be using anything fancy with perfume in it. They don't need it. Okay, that's that's very good advice. And what kind of, if you are giving them um, a bath, so mm. is it okay just to use a nice baby sponge or some cotton wool? Yeah, baby sponge mm. is absolutely fine. And squeeze the baby sponge onto their little bellies so they get a feel for water. This is all new to them as well, remember. So um, they mightn't enjoy the first or second one, but as the time goes on, they realise that this is actually quite nice and eventually it'll become part of their bedtime routine. Yeah. But you know, three to four times a week maximum the first few weeks. They don't need it. They're not going to get dirty. Their only area that they kind of get dirt, dirty is their groin area and their bums. And we clean that non-stop for the first few weeks. Yeah. So that's going to be clean anyway. Yeah. And the other thing about the bum is to make sure to put a nice barrier on their bum to protect mm-hmm. their fragile skin. Um, after every change. Yeah. Yes, okay. absolutely. After every change, because their little bums like, you know, it's all new, even though the skin is the biggest organ of the body it's you know, and it's been exposed now to fresh air that it hasn't uh, realized what's happening. Mm-hmm. They've been inside in a nice little sack for the last nine months. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, I suppose, um, 
normal for the for the skin to look maybe a little bit dry. Uh, I know one of mine kind of nearly peeled at the kind of base of her ankles and that. And I just put a non-fragranced bit of moisturizing cream um, on the on the base and it was fine. But okay. I didn't lather her and I didn't lather the rest of the body. Okay. I just, the area that was kind of the most dry, I put a tiny little bit on. Okay, so you just sort of targeted the areas. Yeah. And just going back to the, the old bump, um, I found personally, I the little bum, Nina's little bum got very pink and red. Mm. But I was conscious that I needed to clean it properly, particularly after a poo. Yeah. So how do you clean the bum without... Um, I guess making the situation worse like okay and especially one thing to remember with girls always clean from the front to the back don't clean from the bum end to the front of the groin because there's more chance of her getting a, a urinary tract infection so always use from the front to the back so when you're when you're cleaning the groin um little girl's area make sure to have your cool boiled water your cotton wool and squeeze the water onto the front part and rub from the front to the back, okay. okay, and dispose of that. So if you see it starting to get a little bit red, then put your nappy cream on, let it sit there for about two or three minutes, and mm-hmm. then pile on a layer of the petroleum jelly. And so you have a double barrier on their bum. Okay. And the reason for that is that when they wee, you don't want that urine to touch their skin. So it takes longer for the urine to touch the skin if you've got a double barrier on their bum. Here's what fabulous pharmacist Laura Dowling has to say about keeping the skin on your baby's bum healthy and soft. The most important thing to help to prevent it is regular nappy changing, regular bum washing to make sure that there's no wee or poo left on the skin to irritate it. And then the third thing is to use a barrier cream all the time with every nappy change and that will prevent the wee and the poo getting in contact with the skin. And when it comes to um, using that barrier cream, I have read that it's better to use one that comes from a tube or a spray bottle. Is that right? For hygiene reasons. Well, yeah, because otherwise you're digging your finger into a pot mm-hmm. and potentially contaminating that pot with, mm-hmm. you know, your dirty fingers if you're yeah. not washing in between touching the baby yeah. and putting your fingers into the pot. So certainly okay. something that you can squeeze out of a tube or a spray bottle can be really good because not only can it get into all the little nooks and crannies, but really, really handy, especially for out and about. Any other tips maybe for changing a boy's nappy, a little baby yeah, boy's nappy? Yeah, just make sure their little um, penis is down okay, um, and in the middle of the lap nappy looking downwards when you're closing up their nappy. Um, so the wee basically is going into the nappy because boys have an awful habit if it's to the side that the the, um, the nappy, it'll leak. Yeah. Um, and the other key thing that um, some parents might know is when you put on the baby's nappy, on the sides, I call them the wings, and on the sides of the bottom of the bum cheeks, make sure that the part of that nappy is out, okay? Because sometimes, you know, they're, they're like clearly like the sleeves of the nappy and they can be tucked in. It's and like if a little frilly bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if they're tucked in, the nappy's going to leak. So make sure the frilly bit is out, basically. <laughs> That's a very good tip and it took me quite a while to discover that one. So <laughs> <laughs> I think all new parents will appreciate that. Babies often have dry skin. Because their oil-secreting glands aren't fully developed. So the natural water in their skin dries out more quickly. There are, however, thankfully, things you can do to ease the dryness and prevent it. 
sometimes you might see little red patches on your little one's legs or their arms. How can you soothe those little patches and get rid of them basically? So just use an emollient cream and with dry patches or eczema or dermatitis, you can never moisturize too much. So I would say if your child is showing that they have little bits of dry skin, moisturize, moisturize, moisturize. Every nappy change moisturize and the skin will it will really benefit the skin because dry patches can lead to irritation and they can spread as well. So not spread because they're an infection but because they could be eczema say and that in itself needs to be managed. So if the skin has broken down that it's dry and it's itchy and baby's itching it all the time, it causes a vicious itch scratch cycle. So you just need to moisturize consistently and you also need, if you are using anything in the bath or if you're washing them with anything, it needs to be something that isn't going to strip the skin of its natural oils. So something with a nice oily base that leaves a nice film on the skin afterwards that you can just pat dry is a really good idea. Okay. And what would be the difference then just for new parents between dry sensitive skin in their baby and eczema? So dry skin would just be, you'd see it as just a little bit of of dryness. Mm -hmm. You can tell it looks a little bit tight maybe. Mm -hmm. And you would need to moisturize that too. And you would need to maintain the moisturization of that. Because as you said, some some babies can just have dry skin just like their mums or dads can have dry skin. Eczema is different in terms of it looks red. It looks like the skin is broken down. They'll be itching the eczema because atopic means by its very nature it's kind of like inflammatory. It's usually caused by a little allergic reaction. It can be genetic too, so it can run in families. So it just looks a little bit angrier. Babies scratching it a lot. Mm -hmm. It spreads too. And just to kind of keep an eye on it that way. The vernix on a newborn skin, that's very, very important, isn't it, for for protecting the baby's skin in those early days. And um, you know, you're you're advised actually not to wash it off. Yeah in the first few days you are absolutely I think with my second baby I didn't wash him for a week actually yeah I didn't I miss the same yeah I didn't it's really good for them yeah. like it's good for them to absorb that through their skin um, and just to, l- to let you know as well and, and the reason why we always say to be very careful of what you use on baby skin under the age of three months is baby skin is very porous when it's first born so it will it can potentially absorb anything that you put on their skin so if you are putting creams with that it can potentially absorb them so mm-hmm. that's why we always say don't use anything under three months but the vernix that will be good for them to yeah, absorb yeah. you know if it goes through the skin it's something that they've been bathing in the whole yeah. time that they've been in the womb so yeah it would be important not to bathe the baby until you know they're they're a week out now i know some new mums need to be shown how to bathe their baby too and that's important as well. Yeah. So sometimes they are shown in the hospital yes. how to bathe their baby. But generally, as a rule, it will be advised that th- the babies are kept in their vernix. Okay. And obviously using, um, if you have a special baby bath, that's all well and good. Oh, but yeah. I used to sometimes use the basin, obviously cleaned out. Oh, yeah, of course. Or there's the kitchen sink. I yeah, the kitchen sink. Yeah, exactly. I remember putting them into that. Uh, yeah, you clean it out first, obviously. Um, but, but they're so small and they're so adaptable. You can just you know, carry them around anywhere. But yeah, those baby baths can be good. Or I know some people, they put the baby bath in their own bath. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's and a good pay idea. Them, pay them that way. Yeah. Um, that I way mean, you can bend down and kneel yeah, down. And, yeah, exactly. Or I remember even myself getting into the bath with them. Yeah. I used to love that when they were very small and especially if they were a little bit colicky and I found that they were kind of like a little bit irritated in the evening time when they were feeding. I would get into the bath and feed them in the bath. Nice. And I find that it was really relaxing for them if I was just kind of pouring the water over their little backs and just they were they were all that little bit more relaxed. I imagine that that would have helped with colicky symptoms or any kind yeah. of internal trapped wind I in a baby. I found that once, if, I got in, if they were colicky, two of mine in particular were a bit colicky, I would just, if I got into the bath with them and fed them in the bath, they'd just do the biggest burp afterwards because they'd be so relaxed. Oh, lovely. Yeah, whereas like compared to trying to wind them, you know, without doing that. So that's just <laughs> a little tip. Well, that's, yeah, it's a, a beautiful, beautiful tip cradle cap it's that yellowish greasy scaly patch that can sometimes appear on the scalps of young babies it looks like a really bad case of dandruff it's a fairly common harmless condition and it doesn't usually itch or cause discomfort to your baby and most cases will clear up on their own now I will say on my third she got awful cradle cap and I don't know what, whether it was because I <laughs> wasn't able to pay as much attention to her as I had for the other two because the house was so busy yeah. but it did come down onto her forehead and uh-huh. into her eyebrows and then I thought okay I need to do something about this now okay, okay. because I felt it was getting a bit yellowy in the eyebrows and looked a bit infective so I actually went to the GP and got a prescribed cream so bear that in mind that if you feel it doesn't look um, pleasant or it's starting to smell that's when I went to the GP oh, um, yeah. and a pharmacist pharmacists can be just as knowledgeable as GPs so go to the pharmacist first if you have a local one or down or go to your GP whichever is easiest for you here's what Laura had to say about cradle cap the baby and child doesn't care about the cradle cap it's doing them no harm <laughs> So it's more that it's unsightly for their parents. And, you know, they have this beautiful little baby and they have yeah. this cradle cap on them. So I think that it's important that it's not bothering your baby. It's not itchy for them. It's not irritating them. So it's more that it's a little bit unsightly, as I said. Yeah. So I suppose the best way to get rid of it is to use, I find, there are shampoos out there, but I find sometimes that there's there's good creams there as well that you can put on the head, leave overnight, yeah. and then wash out the next day with a nice mild shampoo. And if you tend to do that a couple of nights in a row that can really help okay. with it and using a soft little baby brush just to brush off the loose bits of cradle loose cap bits. but never dig your nails in and pick it off because you can actually expose the skin then it can be like quite red if you if you've noticed if you if you if you, if you ever did you know pick yeah, it off yeah um it can leave the skin quite red and ir- and you know d- like raw looking okay and you don't want that so just you're better off just leaving it be it will jet generally tend to resolve i you know one of my boys had a little patch of cradle cap even at the age of four yeah you know and yeah so i think it's just about if you can leave it well alone then mm-hmm. great obviously if it's very stubborn or if it looks like it could, could possibly be infected you'll yeah. need to get it seen too um but i think generally it's just one of those little things that babies have and if you leave it alone or if you treat it with something that's very mild that you find that works then okay that's great Milia and baby acne. Mm. Nina had like a slight little rash on her face and I was confused as to whether it was Milia or baby acne. And in the end, my GP just said, Emma, that's actually a very normal little 
um, rash that can occur from the milk um, going onto the face. So it was nothing to worry worry Mm. about. But what's the difference between milia and baby acne? So milia are a group of cysts and they're small and they're little white bumps that appear on the nose and cheeks from my experience from looking at them anyway. And what milia is, it's the keratin um, that becomes trapped between uh, beneath the surface of the skin, and it's a strong protein. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's found in skin tissues, mainly hair and nail cells, mm-hmm. but it, and it's most common in newborns. Mm-hmm. And yes, it can be inaccurately referred to as baby acne, which is a totally different thing. That is the baby acne is triggered by the hormones from the mother. Yeah. So if you're worried about anything, just go and get it reviewed, but don't be tempted to squeeze them. Leave okay. them alone and go to your GP yeah. um, and ask them wh- what's best yeah. uh, and what what will I do? Okay. Where do? Do I need to be seen by anybody else or yeah. is it okay just to leave this alone? Okay, okay. Because I can imagine that any new parent would be quite panicked if they saw this yeah, crop up absolutely. on the baby's skin. But like you yeah. say, I guess seeing a GP... It's probably yeah. the most important thing to do here to rule anything else out. Absolutely. And it can be typically found um, on the face and the lips and the eyelids and the cheeks. Um, so, yeah, just just go to the GP and get a, uh, have a look and for reassurance, if nothing else. Okay. I remember putting Nina to bed and I put a fleece on, like a fleece kind of uh, pyjama all in one. Mm. And the next day, I th- or maybe it was just that night, she, obviously I had the room too hot. It was winter time. Her little arms and everything came up in a big heat rash and I went into a blind panic <laughs> and it calmed down after a while. But um, how, I mean, obviously not overdressing your baby is key, but what, what are the ways you can prevent that from happening? Well, first of all, if they've got a rash, you need to go and get them reviewed. A rash is a rash. Yes. And... Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any concern at all, go with your gut and get yeah. reviewed. Um, so how I always managed to feel if their mine were hot enough, I suppose, in bed was if you felt if I felt their back of the neck and it was nice and toasty. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's all regulations in place now. How many blankets you're meant to put over your baby? Um, um, I suppose key is that they lie on their back. But I suppose depending on how many blankets that you feel your baby needs on them at night, the one thing I will say is make sure that their feet are at the end of their sleeping um, end pod. Of the cot. So okay. if it's a cot or um, the co-sleeper yes. or Moses basket or whatever mm-hmm. it is, just make sure that your baby's feet is at the end of it. And the reason for that is that that they can't push themselves down and blankets can't go over their heads. And oh. that's the reason for the feet to be at the end of wherever they're sleeping so just bear that in mind um you know i suppose every house is different some houses are new some houses are old so you know you can't say that personally i can't say oh your baby needs two blankets because your house might be colder Mm -hmm. or it might be warmer Mm -hmm. you know with Mm -hmm. all the new windows and everything in people's homes so you'll get to know and i mean there's all sorts of devices you can buy now to show the temperature in in your baby's room yes so if you feel that you want to get one of those absolutely yeah. fine yeah um i suppose on my first i probably would have bought all of that kind of stuff but yes. by the third god lover it just was like oh <laughs> i think she's okay but they do say the coldest part of the night is between 3 and 5 a.m so if you feel that your baby is well fed that they don't need a feed then yeah. you can't figure out mm-hmm. what is waking them up mm-hmm. i'm not saying it is but it may be that they're actually cold okay yeah. so have a little feel of them and see okay what's the ideal outfit for a newborn yeah well baby grows baby grow. and you know like 
I mean, you can get the most beautiful clothes for newborns, but make it as easy as possible yeah. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, the baby grows that have the zips up the front are ideal and much easier for nappy changing when you're getting used to nappy changing. Yeah. Um, but I find the baby grows with the buttons at the back. Oh, they're just so annoying because you have to put your baby on face front and you're trying to close the buttons at the back the whole lot. So just make it as easy as possible for yourself. And one yeah. tip I would say is, especially when you're getting used to handling your baby, put the baby grow down on your changing mat and then put your baby on the chain on the ba- on the baby grow. So you're not fiddling around with trying to put an arm in here and a leg in there. The baby grows already laid out, if you know what I mean. And you can insert the little arms and legs in. That's a really good tip. Yeah. And is it important um, what washing powder or laundry detergent that we use to wash a baby's clothes to keep their skin healthy? I think so, definitely. I would always use a non-bio. Yeah, a non-bio detergent is the best way to go. I know some people, they also separate their baby's clothes. They do like a separate wash with their baby's clothes versus the rest of the family. Personally, I never had the time to do that. And I have three little boys. So even when baby number three came along, everything just got lobbed in together. But I think if if you're using a non-bio for all the washes, then that's perfect. And then also, if you are separating the washes because you're using a biological powder in the washing machine, for the adults and then mm. non-bio there still could be residue of that biological powder in the washing machine so I'd say you're just probably better off just going non-bio all the way okay. it's less irritating for the, the skin and in terms of baby's clothing um, I know that you know, you're know you tempted in the winter to put a little fleece suit on them but I feel that that can actually make the skin sweat underneath yeah, I think it's important to uh, be mindful of the fact that thing, skin conditions such as eczema mm-hmm and dermatitis can flare in the winter time coming into the cold winter months because we have the heating on we're bundling baby up we're wrapping it in blankets and the heat can actually irritate and exacerbate the the eczema too so it's important to use natural fibers so mm-hmm. cottons really really n- n- nice way to to dress your baby and it means that it won't irritate irritate your baby either and just be mindful of the fact that if you were bundled up like look at your baby and 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 feel your own body temperature and think if i was bundled up the way my baby is bundled up would i be roasting and if you would be then peel off a layer of your baby's clothing i always kind of gauged how i felt versus how my baby feels so yeah. if, if i'm cold baby's probably cold if i'm too hot baby will probably be too hot too so i think that's a good a good yeah. measurement you know what about like if you're going on holiday and you've got say a two-month-old mm. what do you do about sun protection well they're not should be they shouldn't be exposed to the sun Okay, so if just say, obviously, you have them in the pram, mm. you'd have to make sure then that they've got a full... Yeah, sun hat. Sun hat, canopy um, on the pram. To absolutely, protect. and um, no part of the skin is exposed. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why would you want your baby in sunlight at, exactly. at eight weeks? Yeah. Um, and, you know, whether you're in uh, Lanzarote sitting on the beach or you're walking down one of the parks here in Dublin, you're still going to have like a, a kind of a cellular blanket over them. Yes. Um, because they're so weenchy. But a sun hat, um, I don't know how many I had. I had a huge collection. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they shouldn't be exposed to sun, in my opinion. And really, at that stage, it's better just to stay in the shade. Would you say if? Yeah, and don't they say between twelve and five is when the strongest of the sunlight, and certainly between three and five, yeah. <laughs> or no, sorry, twelve midday yeah. and three is the strongest sun. Yeah. Um. So 
I know even with mine at the age they are, I always try and encourage us to go for kind of a, a late lunch at that hour and keep them out of the sun for a couple of hours um, for everybody's skin. Yes. Yeah. Know? Okay. <laughs> and going back to the bath time, just to give the newbies a bit of a guide on exactly how to bath their newborn, because mm. it's such a scary scary area you've got this slippery little newborn baby and you're you know you're thinking what do I what do I wash first and how do I keep you sitting in the bath safely so what would your advice be well I always left the hair till last because I mm-hmm. felt that they used to get really cold after doing their hair yeah so I'd just um start in the mid uh, on their tummies yes un- underneath the arms and mm-hmm. um, a quick little dash over the arms same on their legs mm-hmm. Um, just behind the piggy toes mm-hmm. and then the hair and right and also one part that a lot of people miss is underneath the neck ah. and if you've got a dribbling baby where feed sometimes lodges there that can get quite sore yeah so just make sure you give it a nice clean with your soft baby sponge yeah just wipe one wipe across and at least you know then that it's nice and um, and then do their hair okay um and then when you take them out, pat dry rather than excessively rubbing them. Yeah, okay. But just make sure the folds of the skin are dried well. So underneath the neck, in the creases of the arms and behind the knees. And if you have like a little Michelin man type baby, which I did. so and me. When, <laughs> when you're going to dry them after and... I used to feel so guilty because I'd realise, oh my God, I didn't dry the crease properly. And then you'd okay, see just like... just dry it then. Okay, but later on, if it goes a little bit, if it looks a bit irritated and mm. slightly red, what do you do? So just pop on a little bit of moisturiser onto it. Okay. Um, um, and But when you're drying your baby, just make sure you flatten out their arm. So, because babies will automatically have their arms scrunched up mm-hmm. or, you know, moving them in all directions so just make sure that you pop your hand underneath their elbow and flatten out their arm so you can dry it properly okay and how do you keep the baby secure in the baby bath well i to be honest i the best product i've ever bought is a big baby sponge and Uh what that is it's basically a mold of your baby Uh they are as cheap as chips they're about five euros you can get them anywhere in any of the baby stores including smith's Uh and you can place your baby on that sponge and you've got two hands free. And I think that's key because it's very hard holding the baby, which you say is like a slippery little eel. Yeah. And you're trying to use your other hand with the sponge, which you might have left behind you. And yeah. now you're in a dilemma. Yeah. So I just find that sponge is so safe. And I used to secretly feel, okay, grand, I can ask my husband to do the bath because I knew the baby wasn't going to roll over yeah. because they're secure in yeah. this little sponge. So that's my advice, to be honest, You don't have to bathe babies too often, as Laura tells us. Babies aren't smelly like adults. Yeah. So, so long as their bum is cleaned, they don't really need to be bathed very often. You know, once a week is enough. Yeah. Uh, If you're topping and tailing them, you're wiping their little face. Um, If, you know, the way babies actually, their little chins sit on top of their necks sometimes. Yes. Because they they can get a little bit of, they can actually get a little bit of stuff stuck in their neck. Yes. So just, you know, lift their little chin up, wipe underneath that. They don't need an awful lot of bathing, but some parents do find that it does relax and they do get into like a little bedtime routine with it. So if that suits you and suits your lifestyle, then great. But if it doesn't, don't be feeling bad about yourself. You know, what do we do with babies back in Stone Age? Exactly. Good point. (laughs) So they don't, I think we sometimes we overcomplicate things. Yeah. So I think it's important that actually the most important thing about bathing is that if you are bathing your baby, that you're not using perfume products stuff with sodium lauryl sulfate in it all those bubble baths and stuff they're not great for your Mm -hmm. baby you're better off using 
products that don't have perfume in them that are kind to the skin. So I think that it's just important just to be mindful of that too. Mm-hmm. Something that isn't going to strip the, the barrier. Nina had um, quite long nails. Mm. And obviously as a new parent, you're really nervous to cut them because you, you're, mm-hmm. you're scared you're going to cut their finger mm-hmm. as well. Mm. And then when they don't have the mitts on, they're scratching mm. their little faces or, you know, wherever they could get to. And, you know, yeah. So do you do don't be tempted to bite the nails because you can cause an infection. Oh, because I have read that. Yeah. That okay. So there's baby scissors that you can buy in like a newborn baby kit that comes with the brush and um, all the other little bits and bobs and the comb and all that kind of yeah. thing. So buy a decent baby baby scissors now. Yeah. And the other thing is mitts are kind of going out of fashion. So what instead are the most baby grows now have a cuff on them. And nobody sometimes realize, some parents might realize what that cuff is for. And that cuff is you can turn that down and pop it their hand in. And their hands are now mitted, if you like. Yeah. Um, because it folds down over like a sleeve, if you know what I mean. Yes. Like we push our hands up our sleeves when we're cold. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea. You could just pull that back and push it over to their hands, and now their hands are protected, so they're not going to scrape their little faces. It's important to be aware of the symptoms of oral thrushing babies, as Laura explains. So something I used to read a lot about when Nina was a baby was um yeast infections or thrush around the mouth now thankfully she never she never got it but what would mums or parents need to be mindful of or what would the symptoms be that they need to watch out for so if a baby has thrush in the mouth usually they will have a white coating in the mouth maybe some red spots as well or um quite bright red tongue or quite red back of the throat and the baby might show that they're um sore when they're feeding as well because obviously if they're eating and they're eating their mouth it can be quite sore for them too if mum is breastfeeding the mum can get uh, thrush on the nipple too which can be quite sore and red and um so it's important that both mum and baby are treated in that way so mum would have to apply um a cream to her nipples and then the baby will have to use uh a thrush product in their mouth and mm-hmm. usually what they do is they'll give the baby the thrush product uh, four times a day before every feed okay. oh no sorry after feeding because okay. of the use of before feeds the the feed will actually wash it away ah, so right, it's important okay. to use it after feeds four times a day and then they will usually be advised to use it for seven to ten days because although much like the the thrush treatment for the bum area although the symptoms might clear within mm-hmm. a few days mm-hmm. The fungal spores are still there, they're living there, and they'll just flare back up again within a couple of weeks. You'll mm-hmm. think you've got a new infection, but mm-hmm. in actual fact, you haven't got rid of the infection in the first place. Okay. So that's important. So babies can be treated, older babies can be treated with an over-the-counter product, and uh, that's fine. But younger babies, newborns, uh, will need a prescription product from the doctor. Okay. Yeah. And during the colder winter months, um, is it necessary to put a cream on a baby's face when you're heading out into the cold weather? Do you know what? I think so, especially if your baby is prone to dry skin. I see a lot of um, mums and dads coming in and their baby might have kind of very red cheeks. The skin could be a little bit cracked even, Mm -hmm. very dry looking around the cheek area and around the mouth. So, yes, I would say a good barrier cream, a good thick emollient 
on the face is a great idea to bundle them up with um, if you're going out for, you know, long walks in the cold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am a complete advocate for getting out in the fresh air. Mm -hmm. You know, open your windows, let the fresh air air into your house. It's so, so important. And a baby can't catch a cold from being out in the cold. Bundle them up well, but yeah, protect their little faces. And when you can think of it, if you're going in and out of shopping centres and in and out of the shops, you're going from heated shops environments and maybe your heated house environment out into the cold so that's like a massive environmental change for the baby's skin yeah so protecting that by using a good emollient on the face is a really good idea and just you know you can carry a little one in your nappy bag as well so Mm -hmm. you can apply it when you're out and about also makes life a bit easier for you just to reassure parents in those first few days when you do bring a newborn home and they do have blotchy skin like in your mind you're expecting this angelic pure beautiful Mm baby like you know to have no blotches or no marks so I guess I mean just reassuring parents that it, it, a newborn baby it, it is normal yeah and plus your public health nurse is going to be visiting and yes. she sees newborns every day during in mm-hmm. her job mm-hmm. so just ask for her advice mm-hmm. when she's in your house because you're going to be absolutely wrecked um tired adrenaline kicks in for the first couple of weeks mm-hmm. but then the tiredness starts to kick in so mm-hmm. while the adrenaline is there write down all of the questions that are coming into your head during the daytime when you're minding your newborn and have a list so when she calls and visits or he calls a visit the next day you can have your little list and say i hope you don't mind me asking now but i have a list and because you're not going to remember any of those questions the next day, believe me, because you're just so tired and you've 2,000 things flying around your brain. So that would be my advice. You know, use the services that are available to you. And um, that's why the public health nurse calls to see you. This episode of the Easy Parenting Podcast was brought to you by Relazima Spray and Go, Zinc and Panthenol, formulated for the delicate and sensitive skin of your baby's nappy area. Part of the Real Life Relazima range. My skin says how I feel. Visit reallife.ie for more. Thank you for listening to the Easy Parenting Podcast. Go to our social pages, Instagram and Facebook to find out more. Listen, download, rate, review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.